Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. My guests today are Kristen Vernon. She's the Missing Migrant Coordinator from Derechos Humanos. And also with us today is Isabel Garcia. She's a member of the Board of Directors and a spokesperson for Derechos Humanos. Uh, they have an upcoming uh, Corazon de Justicia Awards Dinner, the 10th Corazon de Justicia Awards Dinner, taking place on Saturday, November 15th at El Casino Ballroom. Thank you so much, Amanda, for having us. Uh, it's really important that uh, we, our first interview about this uh, event, be at the community radio. This is a, a community event, the 10th one we've had. For those that don't know Spanish, Corazón de Justicia means heart of justice. And we decided years ago that um, really the inception of immigrant rights work in the mid-'70s that we needed to, to have everybody acknowledge that immigration issues really were environmental issues, labor issues, LBGTQ issues, issues that African Americans... and so. To do that, to make those linkages, as well as to really congratulate the work of 12 uh, people here in Tucson that do incredible work for that particular area. And we wanted to acknowledge us together. So we've had wonderful events in the past. Uh, Jose Matus, one of our uh, also founders and of this of this dinner, used to call him the Oscars of uh, of the human rights uh, in, in Tucson. So we're really, really happy that you've invited us here. So we're inviting everybody to please come and join with us in this celebration, November 15th. Uh, it's a Saturday uh, beginning at 6 o'clock. We're going to have an amazing program. It will be short. This year, we are going to do a beautiful program based on the winners, have dinner, and then have music. Santa Pachita will be the live band, and then we'll have a DJ. So it'll be a night of celebration and food and fun. And where else but El Casino Ballroom, where we've been going there for quinceañeras and birthdays all of our lives. So we invite you to this because Derechos Humanos really, in addition to celebrating uh, the work of these amazing individuals, this is our main fundraiser for the year. Uh, Derechos Humanos uh, probably likes to charge $5 or nothing to every single event, but that's just not possible. And this event is beautiful. It's been a total success for the nine we've had before, and it's to support our work. Our work has uh, been here since the mid-'70s when we began really stirring up the issues of immigration, and so we continue. One of our main areas of work began in the mid-90s when people began to cross borders and die, the beginning of the militarization. And since then, we've been looking for people. People have started calling. Well, my brother called and, and began with small calls for uh, to detention centers, to hospitals. And then, of course, the death began in a big way. Um, by 2000, uh, we already had a lot of deaths, and then it continued to grow until the present. And so we continue this work, and we're really happy that Kristen, who came to us from somewhere back east over there, um, came to us uh, as a volunteer for several summers and did an incredible job here at Derechos Volunteering, and now she has joined us. And so she's our missing migrant uh 
project coordinator, and so I'd like to let her talk a little bit. We started um, as a team back in November. Uh, there were four of us taking the calls. The calls were really heavy back in November, and four of us decided to get together and try to continue to address this this need in the community. People were still calling us looking for our family members, and uh, we knew that we needed someone to coordinate the efforts, so we hired me as the Missing Migrant Coordinator, and I started in June of this year um, officially coordinating, but I had been doing the work for a couple of years. Um, and this summer, we were so busy. June, we saw a huge spike in calls. Uh, we, I think we had 60 open cases at one point in June. We had a lot of families calling looking for minor children uh, from Central America in June. And the summer stayed really busy. Uh, people call us from all over the United States. We get calls from Central America. We get calls from Mexico. People calling desperately looking for their family members. And what's a little bit different about the way we go about the work now is we really heavily focus on searching for people in detention. So we know a lot of people and hospitals, people get lost in the system really easily for a variety of reasons. And so we have a really great group of about 10 volunteers who help us do phone calls to detention centers and sometimes hospitals looking for looking for loved ones of family members that call us. So we stay really busy uh, throughout the year. In June, we had a really great conference where we convened 10 different groups from across the border that focus on search and rescue efforts. So we kind of see ourselves at Derechos Shows as a hub for calls coming in, and we want to collaborate with other groups. We collaborate with other groups along the border that do search and rescue because when we get the calls, then we need to know who to call where. So if we get a call from someone who's lost in the desert in California, after the conference, we were able to make enough connections with people in other places, like in California with Aguilas del Desierto, for example. They go out and they'll do searches in the desert. We collaborate with No More Deaths. All of this came out of this big conference that we did with No More Deaths and the Binational Migration Institute at the U of A. Like I said, we had 10 groups there working together, creating a network of people across the border to do missing migrant search and rescue and different search efforts. In addition to, of course, the, the Missing Migrant Project, where, you know, unfortunately, eventually they wind up at the Office of Medical Examiners, and it turns out it it's a search for the identification of people, and that's the last. It's the most horrific. Uh, some of you may have seen or participated in our last pilgrimage where we laid another, we laid the 2,000 and over 300 crosses, added the 122 new crosses to the prayer circle. So this is, this is a huge issue. Each year you keep track of the number of deceased persons, uh, remain, human remains found. found that come through this sector of the border. And this year happened to be 122. So you make crosses for each one of those people, yes. and that was added to all of the others that you've made in the past. So that's well over 2,000 now. Over 2,600. So we literally have an archive 
of remains, bodies and or remains that have been found. And the more militarization we have, the more people have to travel further distances to try to cross, the less is the likelihood of being able to find any remains because they're easily uh, skeletized and uh, dispersed uh, through the elements and through the animals. And so literally, we are disappearing people in the desert. So, you know, unfortunately, this continues and it's going to continue given this this fervor over militarizing the border. And so that's the other part that Derechos uh, does is to try to keep a close eye on all of the issues and what's going on and, and having a voice, having some analysis about the alleged reform that we're going to see and all of the enforcement mechanisms that have come forth. I mean, literally, we've predicted almost every one of them. So we uh, have, we've been having no, know your rights presentations in short and four hour long forms. Uh, we've helped with the DACA applications with the uh, Mexican consulate. We do citizenship fairs, which now is really a critical thing, given that the political situation is so horrible. We have promotoras that uh, are women that have their ear and presence in the community and know everything that's going on. Through their work, too, we're involved, and all of us, we hear about people being detained as a result of 1070 and been able to see and in document some and protest some and and go to city council some on you know allowing the police to enforce immigration laws uh, we have a really wonderful wage theft clinic right now we've always taken abuse cases especially employment abuse cases, and we've uh, obtained monies for people, improved some conditions. With some cases, we've referred them to our legal justice network, a network of lawyers that we push cases to. Uh, but now we have an organizing model that goes uh, with it with uh, Sandra that works, that heads the clinic, where um, she goes through a training with them so that they can, in fact, fight for their own wages. You know, we have a lot of uh, salary and uh, wage theft in, in this community across the country, really. But we have a lot of wage theft in this country, and a lot of it is of undocumented people. Uh, so we use community resources as well as legal resources. So we really uh, continue to uh, try to promote uh, human rights for all. We've raised a lot of issues for research that are critical to our community uh, with the participation of the BMI that, that Kristen talked about. And so we're really um, excited about continuing the work. We have a lot of new uh, young blood like Kristen and others. Uh, and so we really want you to, to come to support us. It's $35 a ticket. A table is now only eight, so it's uh, 280. Um, and uh, we really invite everybody to come and celebrate more than anything uh, these incredible human beings that uh, labor um, for, for others, for more than themselves. And so uh, we invite you. And we thank you um, here at KXCI for, uh, you know, the community involvement you do uh, and the work you do, Amanda. 
Thank you, Isabel Garcia and Kristen Vernon. You're listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. Our guests today are Kristen Vernon, coordinator of the Missing Migrant Project for Derechos Humanos, as well as Isabel Garcia, a board member and spokesperson for Derechos Humanos, talking about the work that they do and an opportunity to celebrate people in the community at the 10th annual Corazon de Justicia Awards Dinner taking place Saturday, November 15th at El Casino Ballroom. Thank you so much, Amanda. We hope to to see everybody there. Right now we have currently a team of five people at Derechos that answer the phones 24 hours, seven days a week. And the reason that we do that is because we do get calls from people who are missing in the desert and need immediate attention. So one example of that from this past week, it was uh, last week at the end of the week, Deborah, one of our volunteers that takes phone calls, she got a phone call from a family uh, a woman was missing in the desert. She had been missing for approximately seven days, and we couldn't find her anywhere in the detention centers. We did several searches, and she just wasn't turning up. So we were collaborating at the time with No More Deaths, who sent some people out to actually search in the area. We we did everything that we could, and we we had three different people working on this case at once, everyone searching in different parts. And, and I just use this as an example because it's a really good example of how we're collaborating and working as a team to do everything that we can to help find people that go missing. So we're, we're, uh, we were almost ready to send this case on to the medical examiner's office and got a call from the family that she, um, the woman who was missing had turned up in Mexico. And we were all so relieved. We were so worried. And we were all just on the phone with the families, uh, talking to them every day. That's the beautiful thing about our system right now is that we have enough volunteers that we can really give a lot of attention to the family. Sometimes we talk to family members every day until we're able to find their loved one. And so that was an example of a good a good success story that just happened last week. Can you imagine being the family members? Out of the 122 this past fiscal year of sets of remains or bodies, 89 of them were desconocidos, unknown. 89, 89 people who have parents and children and aunts and uncles and an entire community that will never know what happened to their loved ones. Um, there's organizations in El Salvador, in Guatemala, in southern Mexico that have, that have formed to demand to know what happened to their loved ones. Imagine that. So we knew, of course, that that was going to happen. I'll never forget when we started our first vigil in June um, of 2000. On a Thursday, we have a vigil every single Thursday. We invite you. It's for half an hour, and we remember those people that have died crossing the border, especially the unknown, because um, we're there. We're there for them to say, you know, uh, we remember you, we celebrate you. Um, and so imagine, we knew then when we did our first vigil that, gosh, these people that are unknown, what 
What of their families? They're going to begin to ask questions. And now, of course, there's hundreds of thousands of family members impacted in Mexico and Central America uh, with the death of their loved one, and they have no idea that it's happened. Currently, uh, we're seeing an increase of the deaths in Texas because of the way the enforcement patterns are right now. And so we also want to invite you on Tuesday of next week, November 11th at 6 p.m., we will be doing a screening of the film, the new film called The Real Death Valley. It's an excellent film that uh, demonstrates the Border Patrol's lack of response to 911 calls that come from people in the desert. This is a very prime example of why it's important that grassroots organizations be involved in this work because we can't rely on government officials, especially Border Patrol and Borstar, which Borstar is the group, the part of Border Patrol that is supposedly does search and rescue we can't rely on them, and this is a this d- documentary shows exactly why they did a FOIA request of all of the 911 calls that were coming in from migrants being lost in the desert, and how often the border patrol was not responding or or taking several hours to respond. So we'll be showing this documentary next Tuesday at six o'clock. PM and that will be at the Global Justice Center at 225 East 26th Street. So we hope you can join us for that as well. The other problem that that we really are trying to address in a big way uh, is the issue of wage theft. I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with wage theft, but it is basically stealing from a worker. You have a worker uh, work a construction site for a week. And then you say, I'm not going to pay you. And generally, it's because I know you're undocumented, so uh, go ahead and complain. And so some people are intimidated, absolutely. They think they can't go to anybody. And then other people hear that there's you know, a clinic and that there's uh, uh, several collaborations across the, the town that are looking into this. And in, in trainings with the national folks, I mean, we're talking about millions of dollars being stolen um, it not just undocumented because they do it to a lot of poor people, but primarily the the undocumented, of course, are a prime uh, population to exploit and seize on. And so we we uh, get a lot of these cases. We have historically, but uh, as I was saying, uh, we're trying to do an organizing model so that more and more and more um, people rely on themselves and their neighbors. Versus, uh, versus one of us. I mean, it's like it, when we talk about know your rights, I tell them we're not going to be there with you when the police stops you. You're not going to say, oh, my lawyer's right here. You have to enforce it yourself. And so that's the concept uh, underlying the, the wage theft clinic. And we've had some real good successes. I mean, uh, sometimes uh, we've had uh, community mobilizations in front of a person's home, who the person who doesn't respond to the letters, who denies, doesn't want to work uh, with us or with him the, or her, the, the worker, we've gone and uh, d- to deliver a letter to their house, and they've been embarrassed and shamed into pain. And this is really incredible. It's it's very sad, but 
there are people who do prey on others because of their vulnerabilities, as we know. And, of course, the more we demonize any sector of society, that's the targeted group. Um, and so we, we see that, too, in, in a huge way. Um, there's a lot of... Um, there's been a lot of talk about immigration reform for how long, Amanda? When we did the marches in 2006 and everybody talking about the reform, look at what the reform has been. It's been a continued enforcement mechanism and apparatus and mentality and vision. And uh, what people don't realize, it's for really for all of us. You just have to ask the people in Arivaca. They're all members, longtime members of that community. Uh, they're not the targeted group, or are they, right? Because they say these checkpoints are for migrants, and yet the only people that come through there are the community people, and obviously people with documents because they're crossing back and forth. You see the same people at that Border Patrol checkpoint. Imagine living that way. Imagine that. My daughter went to bury her aunt last year in November, and 21 miles up in Texas, same thing in Comstock. They traumatized her because, no, there's no activity there. So they had a field day with her, and she's a fifth-generation Tucsonan, right, uh, U.S. citizen. And they trampled on all of her rights. And her mother's a lawyer, and she knows her rights, and so what? They laughed at her and said, don't worry, this is where we busted uh, Willie Nelson with his his drugs or something. In other words, then, uh, is Willie Nelson the target? Are we, who's the target? Right? We really all are. It's just that we, util, we demonize a, a population and then we create uh, policies against that population and we perfect them and then we utilize them in other contexts. And it happens over and over and over again, right? Uh, we know that uh, a lot of uh, enforcement is, is, is gone interior, that uh, we've been saying, look at the Border Patrol is a civil law enforcement agency, and look at what they're doing. They're mi it's militarized, and people didn't like that word. And then Ferguson happens, and voila, nobody in the country knew that police officers and civil law enforcement agencies were being militarized. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's very frightening. And we know that the death will continue because, uh, all indications are is that there will be more and more and more, uh, militarization. And, and we see, of course, divisions of families. We had a family member that went to our meeting, uh, well, his lawyer that he was coming up to, he was deported formally and was going to lose his child if he didn't show up at a severance proceeding because his U.S. citizen wife had been convicted of a drug offense. And, of course, being Arizona, gave her a very long prison sentence. Therefore, you lose your children. And he was losing his child, so he came back up to fight for his child, and he's now facing felony charges of uh, reentry after deportation. He's about to lose his child. He's facing prison, two to 20 years in the federal prison, uh, because that's the other thing people don't realize, that in the federal court, we spend a, th a minimum of $33 million a month. A month. I mean, give, uh, we're, we're going to close down the post office. That's $14 million a year. Tucson Unified School District uh, closes, what, 11 schools with a $17 million shortfall a year. And yet we're spending $33 million every month 
uh, on this process that goes on uh, at the U.S. District Courthouse at the corner of Granada and, and Broadway. So with this, the growth in this militarization and the policing and the false uh, border security, you know, we're going to see more need for services for each other. Something that's outrageous that's happening recently is that the Border Patrol is coming out with their uh, the figures of recovered remains and claiming that the deaths are down this year and taking the credit for it. So they're actually saying that because they have more rescues in the field and more rescue beacons being put up everywhere, that the deaths are actually down. And we at Derechos know that this is ridiculous given that deaths do not equal uh, recovered remains. The numbers that they're using are based on the amount of recovered remains that are uh, recovered out of the desert. And we know that because of militarization, the people are being pushed into desolate trains, and many times they're we use the word remains because we know that their bodies most of the time are never found, almost never found intact. And when we do find remains, as Isabel said, animals have scattered them. The elements have scattered their their remains across the desert. So many families go without ever knowing uh, what happened to their loved ones. And it's outrageous that Border Patrol is claiming that because of their efforts, the deaths are down. And we know also, if you look at the um, number of people coming over, the number of people migrating, and the amount of deaths, the death rate is actually just as strong as ever. We know also that the more we militarize, not only the more deaths, but the less likely we'll be able to find remains in the desert because people will be continue to be pushed further and further out into more and more desolate terrain. So we want to counter that that rhetoric that's happening right now. So um, again, we invite you and all of those listening to to join us for a night of fun. There's going to be music. Uh, there's going to be food. There's going to be dancing. And we'll have a really wonderful environment where we are with each other. In other words, our uh, dinners always bring together those 12 sectors fighting for justice here in Tucson, whether you're a worker in a a labor organization, in a union, or advocating for worker rights. The LBGT community has people that have fought really strong, especially now in the detention issues, now that there's been some incredible gains across the country on that issue. We have folks, women that... Uh, that celebrate uh, other women for pushing women's rights. And so it's a really wonderful community. It's always a wonderful time. And so we invite you to be with us. Uh, El Casino Ballroom is a great place to dance. Uh, and we won't disappoint you. Uh, Santa Pachita is a, a ska, cumbia uh, kind of band. Um I don't even know what Sky is, I have to admit, uh, but <laughs> everybody says it's wonderful and that Santa Pachita. So please join us, 6 p.m. and uh, until later.
Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. My guests today have been Kristen Vernon, Missing Migrant Coordinator for Derechos Humanos, as well as Isabel Garcia, a board member and a spokesperson for Derechos Humanos. We talked today about the 10th Corazon de Justicia Awards Dinner taking place Saturday, November 15th at El Casino Ballroom. You can learn about the event and all of their work at derechoshumanosaz.net.